and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford from Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports, and Pop Culture Cosmos right here for you. Just thank you so much for being a part of the show and listening to us as we talk the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, he's back again. He's one of the great guys from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. You got to check out their awesome show each and every week. When they deal with a whole plethora of topics, whether it's cigar smoking, whether it's pop culture, whether it's political, they cover the whole broad spectrum. And you got to go ahead and catch their show today, Voice from the Underground, the podcast. It is my good friend. It is Mr. T.J. Johnson. Glad to have you back. Thanks, brother. I appreciate being back, man. Exciting time to be a, a Los Angeles Lakers fan. It is. And it's also kind of nervous, too. But I'm going to start off before we cover the last couple games as far as if there, you took anything away from it. I'm just going to give a sigh of relief. Hold on. <sighs> That's the sound I made when I heard the results of the MRI from Anthony Davis yeah. in regards to his thumb. He did get the high sign. You know, it's just it was negative on the MRI. It's just a minor sprain, grade one. Everything's okay. Yep. Update on Kyle Kuzma. He is cleared for non-contact drills this week. I just want to let everybody know, I still don't think he's going to be available next week. I think that's a little too soon. But I I do think before maybe November starts, I think that might be, or right around November starts, I think that's when we're looking at probably return for Kyle Kuzma. So that's at least a somewhat of a hopeful sign. I mean, this is dragged out a little bit where people are starting to speculate that it could be out to December or anything like that. So I've, I've seen and heard reports all over the place. So it's just good to have him back in some form or fashion, at least doing drills, getting that act- activity level back up again. So good to hear that. So I want to hear your thoughts, your signs on Kyle Kuzma, you know, your, your relief on AD. I mean, were those good signs as far as some, at least some injury reports coming back at us? Well, I mean, the signs themselves are fantastic. The fact that Kuzma is, like you said, he's he's back in his warm-ups. He's still kind of starting to do some non-contact drills, which I'm, I'm completely fine with. Obviously, the huge sigh relief goes from Anthony Davis. That sprain, they were worried it was something else, and it just ended up being a sprain. And we're all breathing sighs of relief because the truth is we took a bit of a gamble with Anthony Davis, knowing that he's had some injuries over his last couple of seasons. And, you know, he's technically a free agent after this season. We kind of gave up the house for him. So there's a lot, there really is a lot riding on there. And, and truth be told, I don't think that I've been as excited to be a Lakers fan in a while. And I don't think I've seen the excitement from Lakers fans as high as it is now in a long time. So there's a lot riding on the season, a lot more than just we want to say the championship or bust mentality, right? We want to say that that's what we're going for. But I think even more importantly than that, just being able to get back to being newsworthy from a standpoint of playing good basketball, running into the playoffs, having a deep run, just being a contender again is exciting for, for me personally. And obviously I know that the, the Lakers pedigree and they want championships or bust. And I understand that that's what the team may want as a fan, as a realistic fan, looking at this, this landscape, looking at what they have to go against, I'm just excited that they're back to some type of relevancy, and they, they just kind of keep a a level a level head in regards to what we're looking for this season. Have fun, be competitive, and I, if we can get to the championships, by, by all means, let's 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 go for it. I just we've got a lot of our future riding on this season right now. We need to make sure that things line up and line up well to kind of set us up for the future. Does that make sense? 
It does in a way, and it doesn't. And I'll tell you why. It's because of Mr. LeBron James, Mr. Not so popular in Hong Kong right now. But again, I don't want to delve on those issues. We delved on those issues last week. Uh, burning his jersey, I think, is supposedly in vogue. Yeah, that's a bit excessive, but it wasn't the first time that they burned LeBron jerseys. You know, remember the decision? Yeah, yeah, it's not his first time. It's not his first rodeo. No, no, no. But anyways, you know, the reason why is because his clock is ticking. His clock at, at being at that level is ticking. And I also know as well, AD, you got to have a successful season or AD can just walk for That's nothing. My That's my point. Yeah. And But we have to decide what our level of successful is. What do we consider a successful season? Do we consider a championship as the only measurement of what success is? Because if a championship is the only measurement of success, then only one team is going to have a successful season out of this entire NBA. Well, I mean, that's what LeBron would say. That's what LeBron would say. Would would he say differently? He's not in it for moral victories anymore. No, he's not. But I also think he understands that it's not that simple. I think he's probably one of the few superstars who has that understanding that it's not as simple as a championship or bust because he's been to the finals eight times, only won, what, three championships out of those eight times he's been to the finals? Yeah, don't tell him that. He he yeah, he doesn't like to hear that. The star that understands that concept of how difficult it is to win a championship is LeBron James. That understands it so intricately, having been there so frequently and unfortunately having been on the wrong end of those championship games uh, rounds too many times. So while I, I agree that he's got this win now mentality, I personally believe that he understands that it's not that simple and that the success of a season has to be measured on more than just the them winning a championship for this particular run, for this iteration of the Los Angeles Lakers. They have a short window, but they need to be setting themselves up for the future as well. Because again, we put a lot on the line in regards to getting Anthony Davis. We put a lot on the lines as far as buying into the win right now culture. And that's great. But the the realistic in me says, okay, what about next year? Okay, what about the year after that? We can't just play the short game all the time. We have to think long-term, and we have to be willing to dedicate ourselves to certain aspects of that because LeBron James' window's closing. Anthony Davis is, is not guaranteed. We have to... What scares me about the NBA currently is that we have teams that are all about players. I've always been of the mindset that there's no player that's bigger than the logo, right? So whoever team I'm representing on my chest is bigger than a particular player, right? So the Lakers can't be in a situation where they're they're handcuffed to LeBron James because LeBron James' window is is short. He has a short shelf life like any other player. There's more to it than just the LeBron James. There has to be a bigger bigger picture, and it can't just be focused on LeBron. That's true, but I'm not sure that that's their same thinking when it comes to what's in the Lakers pavilion right now. I mean, they are seeing that they only have LeBron for a four-year contract. I'm sure. I'm not sure if it's a player option of year four. No, it was a straight four. It was a straight four years, and you know how much of that is going to be anywhere near peak LeBron. That's the idea. Is are we going to have the same type of LeBron next year and the year after? And if that's the case, and he can maintain that health, maybe we can go ahead and reevaluate it that way. But I think in that Lakers building right now, they're seeing it as this year is you got to go as far as they can, and and that's the mentality that they're having right now. But again. When it comes to the rest of the team, we saw glimpses of that uneven mix as far as if you don't have AD, you don't have Kuzma, and you don't have LeBron in the lineup. Because in the past two games, the game in China, 
that took place on Saturday and the game last night that took place at the Staples Center was a very uneven mix. Uh, teams with, a, I think, a better depth from players 3 through 12, like you saw in Brooklyn, they will give the Lakers problems because the Lakers have such an uneven amount of depth as far as in the fact that perimeter defense and also playmaking is an issue as far as creating those shots because you saw in the 77 points that they only scored on Saturday in the 91 to 77 loss, it was really bad. I mean, they were just awful shooting wise. They could not create any shots for themselves. Any of the players from Rondo to Caruso, you know, you name it. It was just really disappointing in and of itself. Yesterday was a completely different story. Most of the players there that contributed very well. In fact, I, I have high compliments for the center tandem of JaVale McGee and also as well Mr. Dwight Howard. They both played extremely well. Dwight Howard really showed me something as far as passing I've never seen from him before. You know, he showed me something as far as passing, but he was only 2 of 4 from the field. Ended up with 12 uh, points. That means he made his free throws that for once. He made free throws. That's that's exciting. That's exciting. That is exciting if he can be consistent in that. But yeah. still, the fact that he was able to go ahead and make plays for others is something you and I never saw nope. when he first made the finals with the Orlando team. And then obviously when he was with the Lakers just a couple years later, he would never create plays for anyone else but for himself. You know, Mr. Carrying Around the Scorecard and all that. I mean, to see him go and distribute like he did was just a beautiful sign. JaVale... Uh, okay, everybody calm down on him hitting the three-pointer. Don't expect that during the course of the no. season. But <laughs> No, please. He was very solid. I just could not say enough good things about the center tandem. And I do have some really good vibes for both of them. Yes, Dwight Howard is not the Dwight Howard of 2010, 2012. You're not getting that. He looks a little slower. Maybe it was the back surgery that he had last year or whatever. It's just it looks like it took a little something out of his agility. But you know what? You're still getting yourself someone that can rebound at a very high level, someone who can go ahead and provide some type of threat on the inside as far as a backup center is concerned. So that's a very good sign for Lakers fans that it looks like they're both comfortable, McGee and Howard, in where they're at. And I truly appreciate seeing that so far as well, that that Howard's not creating any type of myth or any type of problems on the bench there. It looks like he wants to be able to go ahead and be a valuable part of this team. So that was a great sign. And then we have, like I said before, the uneven mix from the guards and from the forwards that were there in the past two games. I mean, how much – when you were watching both games, I want to ask you, how much stock do you take from each game as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of goes into what we were discussing earlier as far as what the Lakers' overall vision is. I do believe, and I think that's where my frustration is, is that they are completely win now. They are absolutely win now. So when I say that, if you go back and look at the Brooklyn game, the Los Angeles Lakers are extremely top-heavy. Extremely top-heavy. Extremely top-heavy. So when you're in a situation like Brooklyn, it's important that the starters get out there and do their jobs. And do their jobs early and effectively. Build up a lead. Allow the bench to kind of come in with a nice cushion. Because you don't have a whole lot of depth. And Brooklyn was a a prime example of that. Now, Golden State was a prime example of that, too, because Golden State doesn't have a lot of depth right now either. So now you've got a depleted versus the depleted. And fortunately for us, the Lakers came out on top of that. But the truth be told is they're top heavy, like a lot of teams right now in the NBA. And the teams that are going to go far in the NBA, unfortunately, are teams that are a little bit more spread out. 
So what these games showed me is that when we're hitting our shots, we're hitting our shots. The tandem of Howard and McGee is going to give people problems. It's going to give teams problems, especially teams that are smaller, a la Golden State. They're going to give those kind of teams problems. So what they did against Golden State, I'm going to be honest, while it was cool to see, it was not unexpected. Had we had anything other than that, I would have been kind of surprised. We have a bigger team, and our team is a little bit deeper than Golden State right now, considering the fact that obviously Klay Thompson is still hurt. You've just really got D'Angelo Russell, Steph Curry, and you do have Draymond Green, but they're top-heavy also because they depleted their whole roster when they tried to pick up Kevin Durant. So when you look at – I tried not to use this Golden State game as a barometer because, again, it's, it's really what I expected. When you look at more of a team like Brooklyn, granted they're not a huge team either, but I think they have a little bit more umph off the bench. It just really goes to show that if the Lakers remain healthy as far as their starters, their starters have to get out there and they have to get aggressive early. You cannot play with these teams. You cannot play to the opposing team's level. So let's just say I have a team that if the Lakers are ranked fifth and we're playing a team that's 23rd, you cannot play down to the 23rd team's level. You have to be aggressive the entire time because you don't have that luxury of that kind of depth. If it gets tough like that and you're running your starters extended minutes and these guys start getting hurt, you're in trouble. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Because as you and I both had had seen, you know, it's funny because listening to all the other shows that I've heard, listening to all these other experts or people with opinions, it seems to go one way or another. One side of the coin says, oh, yeah, the Lakers had so much depth. Just need a couple little fix-its and there you go. And then you hear from the other sides that said, you know what? because of the fact that they were not able to go ahead and sign the players that they needed to sign during free agency because of the Kawhi thing, that they were left holding the bag and could only scrape up just a little bit and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, I mean, I've heard it from both sides. I think the truth lies not exactly in the middle. I think it lies somewhere maybe on the eh, maybe on the softer side. But you're right. Gold State looks like it's in bad shape once you get past player number four or five out there it really looks like it's, it's going to be some some hard times as far as your depth there at golden state but with the lakers you, you see those issues you see those glaring weaknesses and it looks like if they're all able to play off lebron things are going to be just fine or if they're playing off ad things are going to be just fine but once those buffers are not there it's going to be some hard times and some really problematic issues for the Lakers going forward because, like you said, there are some deep teams off the top of my head. Denver, Utah, the Clippers, they all have a great amount of depth. I was looking over at the rosters the other day, and I'm just telling you right now, player four to player 12, such a substantial margin over what the Lakers have at this point in time. But then again, like you said, the Lakers are front-loaded, and that is to their benefit so if the Lakers can slide into a top four seed in a playoff series, if they're both healthy, they provide a better matchup against any two players that are out there in the NBA right now. When teams are going down to a 10-man rotation and the games are getting slower and they're more methodical and you have more time to rest in between games, absolutely. But we need to have the top four seed. We need that top four seed to go into the playoffs. Agreed. Absolutely. And, and the Lakers do need to have a great season this year because if they want to keep AD long term, they're going to have to go ahead and be worth what AD wants to go ahead and be a part of in the coming years because you already sold the farm. You already mortgaged everything away. So because you were talking about a future deadline, there is not much of a future as far as draft picks are concerned. So it, it really has to be now or in two years 
because of a lot of money is coming off the books in two years in the Janus Atendekumpo free agency year. That is another maybe possible sign, but that's again for down the road. We'll see what happens there. But right now the Lakers are looking to push forward. They've got two more matchups against Golden State this week. And I'll be on later this week, hopefully, to talk about them with some good people, maybe like Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net. I'm hoping again to get Darren Levy from Lakernews.com to come by as well. But I tell you what, it's just been so great so far. Everybody listening out there, our numbers are really, really very surprising for a show that like ours that start up. So I really want to thank the Lakers fans out there for really supporting this show. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy <laughs> happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the underground. Before we head on out, my friend, you know, we got to go ahead and flow them out another fantasy basketball tip. But I've got an easy question for you for this week's show on fantasy basketball. The season starts next week. We'll be on one more time, hopefully, before the season starts. So we can give them a big fantasy basketball type deal next week. But this week, your first choice. Let's say you're going ahead. TJ, you've got the number one pick overall. So who are you going for as far as your number one pick that people should go out there and should try for first? I, I, I think this is really pretty easy. Giannis Antetokounmpo. It, it doesn't get much simpler than that. He's too big. He's too strong. He does too much. And he is the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, he plays at a level that's unheard of for his size. He could be a point guard. He can be one through five positions on that team. And is just as talented as he is. So because he does so much, because he shoots at such a high clip, because he's such an all-around great player, if I had one pick, it's, it's Giannis. And I love LeBron. I love LeBron. I love the Steph Curry's. And you you would be justified in picking those type of players. But if I want the most bang for my buck, which is what we talked about before with, with picks, you want the most bang for your buck. You want the most consistent. You want to be able to say he's like a heat pump, just consistent. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Easy. It's very good because you're going to get highs and points. You're going to get a lot of rebounds. You're going to get a lot of block shots. You're going to get some, a lot of steals. The only thing you're not going to get is three-pointers, and that's the thing. So your next pick, you'll be targeting someone who can shoot the three. Yep. So you, you better be hoping that there's someone real good back there as far as if, when it snakes around back to you on that backside as far as getting someone who can shoot the three to offset what Giannis Antetokounmpo can do on everything else. So that, that was actually my pick, so on you for <laughs> taking away from me. But we'll go ahead if I had the choice, since I'm not choosing Giannis out there, I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to have to say it because he's so high on himself, Mr. James Harden, because you're going to get points, you're going to get rebounds, and you're going to get assists. Even with Westbrook there, yeah, you're going that's, that's tough. You got to, that percentage is going to go down. Your usage is going to go down. So your usage goes down. It's not going to go down as much as you think. No, it's not going to go down. No, no. It's Harden's team. 
I'm telling you, it's Harden's team. Westbrook we're talking about. You think Westbrook is going to be able to just sit there and watch James Harden dribble for 20 out of the 24-second shot clock? <laughs> there is going to be times where he's going to have to, my friend. I'm going to tell you right now, this is definitely Harden's team. I mean, Westbrook is going to know where he's at. His, As you say, he's going to know his role. <laughs> Listening to The Rock there. So he might not have the otherworldly video game numbers that he had last year, but you're still talking right around 30 points. You're still going to also talk about eight to possibly even nine rebounds a game, which he had last year, and also another seven to eight assists for you. A lot of steals, a lot of threes. The only thing he won't get you is blocks. So that's the issue there. So it's a trade-off, my friend. I know. But the thing is, you're going to get 200 threes from him, which to me is very tantalizing. So that's something I, I had to say. LeBron is close, but I don't know if you're going to get another LeBron-type season where you're going to get 27, 28 points. I think he with AD there, he's going to be 24 or whatnot. AD is also very close because he's going to probably average around 27, get 10 boards a game. Also, so block shots, three-pointers. I think he is very close. I think he could, by the end of the year, be the best pick in fantasy basketball. But I'm just not going to weigh in just yet because I don't think he'll be healthy enough games. I think when it comes down to Kawhi, AD, and a couple others, I think you got to worry about the games. And Harden has been an Ironman. He's been there for so many games. Even when he's hurt, he still plays. i got to give him props for that. If there's any other maybe wild cards out there, it might be someone who might be in the MVP running that's very high up, and that's Mr. Steph Curry because I think he needs to score an average over 30 points a game to keep Golden State relevant. He's going to get possibly 300 threes, also steals, assists. He's going to have to do it all at an MVP level if he wants to keep the Golden State Warriors relevant this year. This is true. This is true. And he's going to be another one of those stat sheet stuffers, but not from the rebounds, not from the block shots. So like you said, it's all going to be a trade-off. So you have somebody who's like a Giannis who's going to give you rebounds, blocks, high field goal percentage, but then he's going to taper off when it comes to three-pointers. He's going to taper off when it comes to free throws. He's going to taper off when it comes to assists. So then you're getting that trade-off with the Steph Curry who's going to give you points, assists, three-pointers, free throws, you're not going to get blocks, you'll get steals, you're not going to get rebounds. So there's going to be trade-offs for, for any way you go. Well, if that was your first two is Giannis and Steph, your league is one right yeah, there. You're, 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 you're good. First of all, what league are you in if you can get Giannis first and then still have time for it to come around and you get Steph Curry? You've got, what, three people in your league? <laughs> like, no maybe, way. maybe. There's no way. <laughs> If you have any more fantasy basketball questions or questions on the Los Angeles Lakers heading into the season, you can just email us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Also as well, LakersFastBreak on Twitter. TJ, do you have a handle that you want to go ahead and buy in case they want to go ahead and shoot you a message directly? Absolutely. Uh, You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, essentially all your social media at TJohnsonOnAir. That's just TJohnsonOnAir. Just one whole long thing like a Tribe Call Quest. You got to say the whole thing. Uh, and uh great group by the way absolutely and i'm i'm on there all the time i'm usually watching dutch go blow for blow with people on twitter so it's it's usually a fun spectator sport for me but uh yeah that's my social media handle love talking to everything los angeles lakers wwe anime i'm 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 a i'm a i'm a nerd man i'm a i'm a nerdy jock or a jockey nerd or i don't know how you want to i don't know 
but that's me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Don't get me started on the WWE product right now because that's a that's a whole another hour conversation in full right there, my friend. Get started on that because I've got some strong thoughts on it. <laughs> Absolutely, especially if you're Eric Bischoff right now because he just got fired. Just, yeah, he's, did he? Was it fired or did he walk away? No, he. Uh, he well, you know, it all's a matter of opinion. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is when you buy a home in Connecticut four months after you start the job, and all of a sudden you're gone. I don't think it was by choice. So yeah. Listen, yeah. Man. No, uh, SmackDown's on Fox now. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right, my friend. I'll tell you what, it's just always great having you on the show. Thank you again for being a part of it. Looking forward to talking to you next week about more Lakers action because you know what? The season starts next week. Next Tuesday. I'm so excited. I know you are as well. We're going to be talking about more great stuff for the Lakers next week and in our coming shows right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>